Um, this is a little weird for us to do this, but I kind of thought that um, we would do it from the sanctuary just for a, maybe a little bit of normalcy. Maybe in the coming weeks I'll record these from my office or my living room or who knows, out in the middle of nowhere, um, just have fun with it. But um, today, as I step back in as your pastor, I've been gone for a couple weeks due to uh, Susan's accident and those things, trying to get her and get us back in a, a little rhythm as she recovers. Thank you all for your prayers. The support has been like, like crazy, crazy supportive. And the finances and the prayers and the, the reaching out and uh, the communication, all of it has been above and beyond what Susan and I um, would have ever like expected. So we'll dive into all that um, this morning, but you're probably wondering who my friend is, but some of you have seen him before. He's preached at our church before. Pastor Tim Schaefer is with us today, and um, he's going to be helping me, and I'm not going to preach to you. Um, I'm going to have a discussion with Pastor Tim, and you're going to be a part of that. You're going to listen to that, and this discussion that we're going to have today is for your benefit. It's for you to kind of get a little bit of of groundedness in your heart. I know that there's a lot of fear, there's a lot of confusion, um, there's a lot of questions, um, maybe a lot of boredom sitting around your house, um, or maybe you've taken this time to redecorate some of your house, get that yard work done, um, clean up the garage, hang out more with family, but all of those things um, you're doing and God is walking us through this. But we're going to have a discussion today that I hope that I hope and pray is very, very helpful. Hey, man, thanks for being here. No, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Hi, guys. Good to see you again. Uh, for those of you that have seen me and, and that, for those of you that haven't, uh, I am blessed and honored to be here, um, humbled by the opportunity to come and, and be in your houses and a part of your lives uh, today. So thank you so much for the opportunity, Pastor. And, and uh, can we go ahead and start with prayer? Yes, that is the best idea I've heard. All yeah, right. go for Let's it. Lead pray. us in prayer, bro. Father, we come, and in this time of craziness, in this time of, of everything being turned upside down, and I hold fast to knowing that you are in control of everything, that you are the one, that, the supreme one, the, the beginning and the end, the one who has everything in order, and Father, I pray that during this time we would lean on that, we would trust in you, our faith would not be shaken, but it would be uh, grounded in you knowing that you are in control of everything and that this did not take you by surprise, Lord, uh, but you want us as believers, as sons and daughters, to turn back to their dad, to trust in their dad, which is you, and to, to have complete faith, knowing that you are going to get us through this, that you are going to see us through. Father, I pray that you would empty us of ourselves right now and fill us with your spirit, that the words that come out of our mouth would be guided and, and warranted by you, Lord. We love you and we praise you, and we thank you again for this opportunity. We love you. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, bro. Hey, Tim's going to lead us in a discussion. Um, we're both, he's going to ask me questions about um, what's been going on in our home and um, what's been going on as far as our church goes, and we're going to dive into this and, and uh, just see how it goes. All right? So we've all had a, a pretty crazy last few weeks. Um, but you uh, have had more stuff hit closer to home than, than most of us. Uh, my first question is, um, 
why do you think this happened? Okay. Like, why did, yeah, why do you think it happened? Not just the, the accident, but just everything, kind of the timing of all of it. Right. And um, I'm glad that you asked that question because it's so many times when tragedy strikes or we're in this time where I don't know what you would call the coronavirus. I don't know if you'd call it a crisis. I would call it a tragedy. If you would call it I don't even know how to frame that with, with, with a specific word. The word that is being used is a pandemic, and that, that's, that's accurate. But for what that means for us as Christians, I'm not quite sure how to frame that yet. I think those things are maybe understood later as, as God unfolds His work in this. And um, so when we come to these things, we're, we're asking these questions, and why is always a question that people ask when, when things happen. So, um, but both of us are baseball lovers. I'm going to throw you a little bit of curveball here. I'm so glad you asked that question. However, it's a question that I can't answer. Um, a few years ago, um, when my wife and I and our family were dealing with some, some big kind of things, I got with the Lord and I said, Lord, I know that the natural tendency of my heart is to ask why this is happening. I said, but as I read the scriptures, that question why always seems to be bigger than what we could ever imagine. And the people in the moment really always try to localize it to themselves, yet God is always doing something so much bigger and the why doesn't make sense, and then even in the midst of pain, I've realized that when you get the answer to the question why, it doesn't help, like take away the pain. It, it's just like, okay, I have my why, but this still stinks, and, and this is still very difficult. So I made a deal with God. I made a deal with Him several years ago. I said, God, I, I'm going to stop asking that question. I'm going to stop asking why, because usually when I ask why, it's why me. That's what I saw, and that's what I noticed for me personally, it was a very selfish perspective. Why me? Why not someone else, you know? And um, if someone in your family is struggling with coronavirus, maybe they've been hospitalized um, with this virus, it could be that question, like, why me? And, and I don't really know that there's a satisfactory answer to that. So um, what I did is I said, God, I'm, I'm going to put that question aside, the question of why, because for me it's selfish. Um, and I'm going to start asking what. I'm going to start saying, God, what do you want me to do with this? You've, in, your, in your providence, you've allowed this. And so, God, what do you expect out of me in this? What are you going to teach me through this? What do you want to teach others through me in this? And I found that that switching of why and moving outside of my own selfishness and going to what helped me then to really see later, not usually in the moment, but later I start to see why very clearly. So the only way to get the answer is to stop asking the question, <laughs> and the only way really to find some satisfactory um, movement in our life to something that's productive um, is, is to ask what. Like, what do you expect from me? What do you want me to do? What are you trying to teach me? I think those are so much more life-shaping and God-honoring, and then I don't ever want to suffer through useless pain. Like, it has to, to me, produce something in us, and, and then I think 
we start to praise the Lord for those things. We start to get grateful for those things. And God begins to open up our heart and do amazing things in, in our lives and in our communities um, when we stop asking why and start asking what. Is that, that, is that, is that? No, that's okay. great. And, and I think one thing that you're saying is you're taking the selfishness out of it and you're putting it on how can I use it to help other people? Right. So your, your perspective changes. And I yes. think that's what a lot of us have struggle with is, is we want to be selfish sometimes because that's our nature. Yeah. But instead of asking that question, why, which is selfish, we're asking what? What can I do to help somebody else that's going through this? What can I do to uh, bless somebody else? Because you know that the closest we are to God is when we're serving others. Right. So how right. can I use this situation that I'm in to serve other people and and it becomes that mind shift of selfishness to selflessness right and i think that's a great perspective but a lot of times we're so stuck on man me 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 yeah that yeah. we don't do that that shift so to right. hear that you've done that that's a huge step just sitting here talking to you right right For me you know i'm like man why, you know, different things that have happened this, this past couple of weeks too for me. Why did that? And, but now I'm like, man, how selfish was that? Why can't I say what can I do with it right. to, to further God's kingdom? Because like you said, God's in control of all of it. Yeah. And he's going to show us what we need to do and how we need to use it for the benefit of others. Yeah, um, yeah, very, very much. And I think that, you know, my wife, Susan, as I, on the 10th, when she was in this car accident, um, and I get to the hospital, um, there, I, I walk into the room, and I see her there in the hospital bed, and she's got the neck brace, and her ankles are broken, and I, I sit down next to her, and I, I hold her hand, and she's fully awake, fully alert, and uh, one of the first things out of her mouth was that I better not allow this to distract me, and I said, well, this being the car accident, I said, but distract me from what? And she goes, from finishing your doctoral degree. And so in the moment, I wasn't even in that hospital room five minutes before she's taking the focus off of herself and, and back onto me and, and onto our goals. And she um, was not sitting there and laying in that hospital bed saying, why me? What did I do to deserve this? Why does God let this? She, she wasn't whining or crying about any of that. She was still being her, and she was still being that selfless, um, supportive person that, that I love, and for, you know, August will be 30 years. So yeah, she, she didn't fall into that, that trap, and I don't, I don't want to fall into that and push us into that trap either. Right, and I see that as, as her relationship with God, too. She's yeah. so grounded. The foundation has been built, and the building's going up, and it is so strong in her relationship with God that she says, okay, God, why not me? Right. Like, why not? Right. You know, I can handle it. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's a great thing, but she knows that she can only handle it because of God's strength and God's mercy right. and all of that. So she's continuing to lean on God yeah. for all of that support, just as you are. Yeah, yeah. Um, and doing that. So yeah. let me throw another fastball at you and see okay. if you you do it how about why now why now yeah not necessarily <laughs> why did this happen but why did it happen now because now you have the coronavirus right you have you know all of these things obviously you teach also mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. as well as pastor the church so 
maybe the why now question. Right. I know for, for us, why now is like this very, I don't know, it, it's very interesting in, in, in the way that when God allows things to happen, we understand that it's not a shock to God, it's not a surprise to God. Um, of course, on that day, I, I didn't expect that. Um, you know, I didn't expect to get that phone call. We didn't expect for that to happen. Um, we actually had plans for spring break, and I was in the middle of, you know, third quarter finals at school, and so doing those things. But the timing of this is very interesting for me, and I, and I know that for Susan and I, we look and go, um, now that the timing of this, uh, quite honestly, is like the best timing for, for us because there's less responsibility here at church and um, we have very capable, very key people that can step in and do everything that, that I do. Um, it's the way we've structured our church. It's the way that um, we've built our leadership team and uh, the church board, Pastor Gallo, Stephanie, um, Noelia, they just can step in at any moment and take their job descriptions and, and fully do those. So that was, the timing there is fine because of the, the structure of the church. Um, but then when we couldn't be meeting and doing all of these things and we couldn't be doing some of our, our study groups and those things, it took some of the pressure off me as far as preparation for those things. Um, but then also because of the coronavirus and the schools being shut down, then our spring break is being extended another week and we're gonna move to an online format for you know, the foreseeable future, which allows me to work from my home as Susan um, recovers. And um, then my daughter who is on staff at um, Branches HB, a church down in Huntington Beach, she's, I'm on staff there and so, they've allowed her to telecommute also because there's, you know, her major job, there's children's ministry. And so obviously a lot of that's not happening. So what she needs to do in the meetings that she needs to have and stuff like that, they've allowed her to, to come and, and stay in my home and, uh, and work and help me with, with Susan. And so the timing of this thing is kind of good for us. And I, I don't want to like belittle those of you that are, are suffering because of the coronavirus and, and at that, because some of you have been laid off, some of you have um, a decrease in, in, in income, some of you have a lot of different timing issues in your life to where you're going, this pastor, I'm, this, that's great that it's, it, it's good timing for you, but for me, maybe for you, it's, it's just this worst timing ever for you. So I don't want to belittle that at all, but... Um, even with, with the timing of this um, being good for me and Susan, um, I want to be mindful that it might be absolutely horrible for you, but even in this time when God is working through this, we're going to see things later of why maybe God did this now, the, the, the timing of now. And again, I look at a lot of these questions that we're talking about kind of like it's a wait and see thing um, because we're not real good at answering these questions immediately. We need a bigger picture. We need some years, you know, to pass. And as the years pass, we're going to see different things that God has done. This happens all the time with tragedy um, and, and confusing times that in the moment is very, very foggy and we can't really see a lot. 
but then God starts to reveal all these amazing stories and amazing um, um, acts of generosity and service and um, all of these other good things that are coming out. So for me, perfect timing. Um, we're thankful. Um, maybe not for you, but I ask in those moments, if the timing's terrible for you, to just sit back and say, it's okay that it doesn't make sense now. Um, I, don't, I, don't need to, I don't need answers now, um, but God is going to provide answers in his own time, and he's going to work the timing of this out somehow for my good. So Perfect. That's, yeah. And I think for me, it's, it's a refocusing too. Mm. Like now it's, we as Americans, we're go, 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 go all the time. Right. And all of a sudden we've had to shut down. Right. Like we've had to slow down, which kills me. I love being out. I love being around people. I love doing all of that stuff. That, that's the way God made me. Mm -hmm. But now it focuses me to, or it makes me focus on my family. Right. Right. So right. I have to take this, this challenge and make it into something better. Um, yeah. An opportunity to spend with my son, an yeah. opportunity to spend with my wife, an opportunity just to be. Right. Um, and I think that's what we need to be with God too. Yeah. God's saying, hey, you need to slow down and you just need to be and be with me. Mm -hmm. And so I, I know that it's hard for a lot of people. There's no doubt about that. There's uncertainty. But the one certain in all of it is God. Right. And if we have that faith, if we have that trust, if our faith has been shaken, the one certainty is still God. Right. And we just need to turn to him. Mm -hmm. that, that's our part. God's doing his part. We might not see it. We might not understand it right now. But our part is to run back to him. Right. Our part is to go back and say, okay, God, I don't like this. And it's okay for you to tell God that you don't like it. It's right. okay for you to right. be frustrated and angry, but it's not okay to take it out on God. Mm -hmm. um, but God's shoulders are big enough for you to say, I don't like this. And he says, okay, let me show you what's going on. Right. And again, like you said, we might not see it right away. It might be a year, a couple months, whatever down the road, but saying, God, I'm here. I don't like it. Help me. Yeah. And then just being able to listen. Right. And I think that's what part of this might be. We don't listen enough. Right. So God's saying, I'm going to slow everything yeah. down. Reset button. And now, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. now it's time to listen. Yeah. And so if we're not taking that opportunity to, to listen to God, to be in prayer, to, to be reading, to be lifting each other up, then I think we're missing a big part of this opportunity. Mm -hmm. You know, our, our cell phones still work. Right. So we can still call our friends. We can check in on them. We can make sure everything's good. Yeah. Uh, as a matter of fact, I got a call from a buddy of mine um, the other day, a, a friend of both of ours, just to check in. Good. Hey, I'm checking in. I just want to, you know, I, don't, I miss seeing you. Yeah. So how's everything going? And yeah. So that's what we need to be taking this time for, to be reconnecting with each other, but most importantly, to be reconnecting with God. Right. Um, no matter what our circumstances. And God will always provide. Yeah. Yeah. Always. Yeah. And we just have to have that faith and that trust. And it's not easy. It's no. definitely we not don't, easy. not trying to belittle the, um, the difficulty of it all. But God will be there. Yeah. So. Awesome. Another question. Uh, we kind of answered it already, yeah. but how come God lets this happen? Okay. Why do you think? Let's go to the accident. Right. Maybe. Okay. Um, because 
I saw your post yesterday to everybody. Yeah. Um, just kind of opening up for the first time. Yeah. But the opportunity to, to sit here and to, to reach the congregation that way. This is, think? well, again, um, I immediately, obviously, when she got in this car accident, I began praying and just, Lord, settle me down, you know, get me to the scene safely um, and um, help me process this so that I can be fully present for my wife. And then, of course, I had to call the three kids and tell them, you know, what, what had gone on and what, what's happening and that their mom is going to be okay and, and those things. And um, it was almost as though I stopped thinking about the coronavirus for a second. I was just like, well, don't care. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it was just like, I don't care about the coronavirus right now. I've got to get, you know, to this hospital and to do this thing. And so, like, when, when we look at this, and I got to the scene, and I saw the, the, the smashed car, how far in that uh, my car was, was, was crushed. And, and I saw that, and then um, the paramedics were talking to me, saying, you know, your wife's going to be okay. I, don't, like, I know the car looks like this, but your wife is going to be okay. Um, she does have severe injuries, but not life-threatening, so it'll be okay. Um, I started really driving and praying and thinking about this, and, and because I listen so much, I, I listen to so many messages and podcasts and read so much. I have so much information coming into my heart, so much, and, and reading the Word of God and storing away the Word of God in my heart, taking in the teaching of other um, wonderful teachers, that when this stuff happens, it wasn't a panic, it wasn't a why me, it wasn't a how dare you God, it wasn't any of that kind of what, what I want to say genuine, it's genuine in people, but it's, it's, it's actually very unproductive and it, it doesn't really help us. So what I went to, like, we most, like most of us do when we come to tragedy and suffering, we have this, this person in the Old Testament that you're like, just like is the epitome of of struggle and of pain, and um, what Job went through is like unbelievably off the charts, and I'm not at all equating what my family is dealing with right now with Job. I mean, it's not even close. It's hard. It's difficult, yes, but it's not. It, it, Job lost everything. I mean, everything. His health, his finances, his family. He lost everything, and um, so I'm not equating that at all, and I'm not equating the coronavirus to Job, because the, no, Job suffered, lost everything. But there's a piece of theology in, in the book of Job when, um, that I think is very important in answering this question. And if you look at Job chapter 1, and you, you look at what God said to, to Satan at this point, um, starting in verse 6, says, There was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came from among them. The Lord said to Satan, From where have you come? And Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro on the earth, and from walking up and down on it. And the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man who fears God and turns away from evil. 
Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not put a hedge around him and his house and all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands and the possessions have increased in the land. But stretch out your hand and touch all that he has and he will curse you to your face. And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your hand. Only against him do not stretch out your hand. So Satan went out from the presence of of the Lord. Now there's a piece in this in this that is so amazing where Ravi Zacharias talking about a story when his daughter suffered a tragic eye injury, he says that in God's providence as he allows tragedy to take place, as he allows the things like the coronavirus to infect our our whole planet, um, there's a sense where God in his control tells Satan, you can go this far and no further this far and no further. So as I'm driving to the hospital, I'm thinking this far and no further. It's as though God said, yes, I I will allow this accident to take place, but no further. That I will allow Susan to be injured, but no further. Um, And God just protected her in that moment by this providential act of this far no further now i admit to you i don't like where god drew that line i i would have preferred that god would have spared um the young man that 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 was lost control of his vehicle because it was raining i wish that god would have stopped it right there and helped that young man gain control of his vehicle and go on about about his way and uh, I wish that's where the line was. I, I wish that um, this coronavirus, that the line um, was somewhere other than where it is right now. That, that, um, and I don't know the, the biology behind how all this takes place. I don't know the medical stuff. Um, but this far and no further, that line is not up to me. That line is not up to any person. That line is not up to Satan who attacks us with these things. Um, This line is not determined by our own mistakes or our own purposeful acts. Um, This line that tragedy is allowed to go is determined by God in His sovereignty, in His Um, all-knowingness in his providential care of his children in his world um, we know that um, God says no further and if you're struggling today with how God has allowed that line to appear in your life then that's real and that's okay and and you can you can struggle with that and but I challenge all of us to embrace that to to embrace that struggle and just kind of say God I, I don't like this. The, this the, I disagree with this. this. This causes me great pain and great grief, and I'm, I'm very angry that you've allowed this. Those kind of prayers are prayers. Those kind of prayers are um, loved by God. Those kind of prayers are accepted by God, and um, He embraces us in that, and He walks us through those, those tragedies. So, um, with this, what we're experiencing, all of my prayers over the last few two and a half weeks with Susan have started with thank you. Thank you that you did not allow that line to go further. And um, 
and then I deal with the other human part of that as, as, we, as we move along. But a very interesting how, how God sets that line. And I don't have all the answers to that, but I do know that wherever God has set that line for this pandemic, it won't go any further than that. It, it, this, this thing is not going to go further than what God is going to allow. And your lives and the way that you suffer from some of these things and the, the, the things that you have to face, God has a line. He's not going to allow it to go any further. And then he's going to rebuild you and, and re-strengthen you. And he's going to do all sorts of amazing things as the church and as we personally move forward. Yeah, I think that's great. Um, my pastor, my mentor, uh, last week in his uh, sermon said that circumstances don't change our faith. Right. But our faith helps us face our circumstances. I would agree, yeah. And so I think it just, yeah, that line that's drawn is there because God knows how much we can take. Yeah. Because God knows he's given us that ability. Um, it, it says in his word that he's given us that ability to handle so much, and he knows what that is. So if that's where you're getting pushed to, then you need to praise God and say, God, I'm glad I can, I can handle this. I don't like it right. <laughs> by any means. Right. I don't like being pushed as far, but thank you for knowing that I can handle it. Yeah. And again, it's a mind shift, I think, of saying, okay, God, I, I definitely don't like this, right. but I'm going to stand true and, and keep my faith because my circumstances aren't going to determine my faith. Right. My faith is going to help me take on those circumstances. Right. So if one of the things that you guys are struggling with is your faith, the best way to have faith is to get back into the Word. Yes. To get back into to allowing God to speak through you, um, whether it be uh, podcasts or different things, but reading the Word on his own. My youth pastor um, once told me that, that God's mouth is closed when our Bible's closed. <laughs> And when our Bible's open, God's mouth is open. Yeah, that's and good. That's, that's when he's speaking to us. Yeah. But if we don't have it open, then we can't expect to, to hear from him necessarily. Right. Not that he can't do it, but we need to be obedient in doing the things that he's asking us to do yeah. and spending time. Yeah. And one of the things that you said that, that drove it home with me too is your foundation, hiding God's word in your heart, yeah. helped you in a tragedy. Mm-hmm. Because you said, as you were going through these things, you could hear God speaking to you. Right. Whether it be through a song that was on the radio as you were driving, mm -hmm. or just in the still quiet, um, you had those things. Robbie Zachariah saying, this far and no further. Right. You know, that's what came to mind, but that only came to mind because you're continually to spending time with God. You're continually yeah. building that relationship and that faith. Yeah. And so... Some of you guys might be struggling, as I have in the past too, with why in the world is all this going on, and I'm not getting answers because I'm not, I'm not hanging out with God at that time. I'm not allowing him to give me answers because I'm not listening. Mm -hmm. um, I'm so focused on myself. <laughs> mm -hmm. Why me? And not how can I use this for God's glory and God's, yeah. God's eternity, if you right. will. Right, he's he's so he's so big, and I, I look at I look at this. Kind of, I know I know those of you that attend our church. You know, I equate a lot of things to sports, mm -hmm. and um, it's uh, just kind of where my, my brain goes. But um, as I've coached and I've as I've participated in sports, being hydrated before an event 
is key. It's like you, you have to be hydrated, and if you're into endurance sports, you have to, you know, sometimes the day before, you carb load, you know, so you, you've carb loaded, <laughs> you're fully hydrated, and, um, and then you're ready to go out in, in, into that endeavor, and then you're going to make it w- without blowing up and, and doing those things, or, or bonking, as, as you might say. Um, you're going to have what it takes in you before the event, right. and so... Um, with the Word of God and with all of the tremendous teaching that we have at our fingertips, all the amazing Bible teachers that exist and we have their material um, just literally at our fingertips every single moment of every single day, there's no reason why a Christian should be spiritually dehydrated and, and, and um, then face an event. And so if the church is going to thrive during this pandemic, I pray that it's hydrated, (laughs) you know, and the local churches and the Christians that are hydrated, and now we have this pandemic, and my family has had this accident, well, we're we're good. We're we're ready to go. We're, we we have what it takes in our in our spirits. We have what it takes in our in our minds, and we're we're ready to face whatever the Lord allows, and we're ready to face wherever He draws that that line. So, very very important for. And I, I would imagine that those that are suffering the most during this this time are those that were spiritually dehydrated and not prepared for what what's taking place. Right, and it's not something that you like. You said it, it's an accident. So yeah. it's not something that you planned. Right. Susan didn't plan to come home and, and get hit by, you know, right. a driver that lost control. Right. So you have to be prepared at all times. Right. It's not like you can, you have an event coming up and then you got to, you prepare for it. Like right. the Olympics, for instance. Right. <laughs> you know, all of these athletes that were preparing for the Olympics mm-hmm. now have to back down and, and ramp themselves up for next year. Right. But they knew that the Olympics were happening. Right. We as Christians, as believers, have to be ready at all times right? because we don't know when certain things are going to happen. Right. And so we have to, to have that hydration all the time. Yeah. And you can only spill out onto other people as much as you're taking in. Right. So if your cup is empty, you're not going to be able to flow into others. Right. Um, that's so right. I think that's a great point. But for you guys as a church, you guys are doing an amazing thing by stepping up and the support that you have given Pastor yeah. Paul and Susan, man, you guys were here at a drop of a hat. And, mm-hmm. and that's a hat. That's kudos to you because of who you are. But it's also kudos to you because, like you said, you have this team in place. Yeah, yeah, they're can, ready to go. They can handle <laughs> it and are ready to go. Yeah. And, and we're only as good as our team. Yes. Um, and I appreciate you especially as a friend and, and a co-teacher because of that teamwork that you put out, that, that coaching that you have. Right. Um, and we have that, that kindred spirit because of coaching and baseball right. and sports and, and all, but that's flowing from you into the congregation, and you can see how it's working, how God's using you and, and working in that because your congregation is getting it and yeah. they're understanding. Yeah, so. they, I mean, I love my team. I mean, they are they're on top of it, even on a normal, on a normal basis. Um, I, uh, truth be told, um, I often am disheveled. I am often disorganized, and um, and my my team, my my church board, and my ministry directors um, often make me look really good in public um, because I can get very disheveled. 
at times. Now, one thing, just to kind of throw some humor in, yeah, uh, we often hear, you know, put a hedge of protection around us, and right. I think it comes right out of this yes, passage it does. in Job, right? Right, right out the of Job one. The devil says you put a hedge around him, so maybe right. that's where we get this. Yeah, you know, Lord, keep a hedge of protection, and and maybe the devil doesn't like shrubbery and all of that. Right. But yeah. All right. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> Which we're working on our garden project, and that is not going to go away, and uh, and it's going to be more beautiful after this coronavirus than before. Now, so, the garden project, you can stay six feet away from each other still doing that. Garden, right? Garden's open. And I'm, I'm currently open. digging a hole in my front yard, <laughs> so I know I live a little ways away. But. Yeah, garden is open. Yes, indeed. Well, hey, man, it's been good to do this with you today. And um, guys, jump in and, and read that story again in Job, and, and you'll just kind of see how when tragedy strikes, a bunch of nonsense kind of ensues where all of Job's friends, they came at Job with just the stupidest suggestions. It's because you sinned. It's because you're terrible. It's because you don't know the word of God. And his, his friends just like attacked him in this. And then God vindicated him. And, um, and God doubled what, what he had lost. And God did all of these things. And I just think it's going to be an amazing thing when we can once again meet together. Maybe God's going to um, double our passion for community because we can't have it right now. Maybe God is going to double our, our passion to uh, get together in his word and just maybe just have a cup of coffee with somebody and sit closer than six feet. And we might be breaking the rule, bro. I don't know. We're, yeah, we're, we're close. We're all right. Um, but those kinds of things. And so, um, for the next foreseeable future, I'm going to be coming to you through video, and I know the wonderful work that, that Noelia has been doing um, here on Sundays. She's going to continue to do um, through videos as well, but um, we're going to have a great time. We're going to make it. We're going to be better because of it, and uh, the Lord is, is going to glorify himself, and um, as we finish up, the statement that we talked about yesterday is that... Um, the church has been forced out of its walls. So, being that we've been forced out of our walls, I dare you. I just dare you. This is like the biggest thing. Remember, I always end my messages with a challenge. I dare you, double dog dare you, to take a roll of toilet paper to your neighbors in the name of Jesus and just say, hey, I thought that maybe you might need this. I dare anyone, I dare you even to stand on the corner with a couple rolls of toilet paper and see who asked for them first and just give away toilet paper. I've never said that in a church. I've never thought that that would be an evangelism strategy, but just perhaps, maybe, God is going to use toilet paper to reach someone for Jesus and maybe you should give a roll away today. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today for all the things, Lord, for drawing that line. And Lord, so many times in my life and in, in Tim's life and in the lives of those that are listening, Father, we pray, we know that that, that line is not where we would want it. That line is, is not where we would put it if we were in charge, Lord, but we're not. Um, we're, we're not at all in charge. And we're so reminded, Lord, during times like this of how little control we really do have over things and um, how easy things just kind of come unraveled in our lives. And Father, we pray that um, with this notion of, of the line being drawn, Father, I pray today, 
for people that are struggling with that. That I pray for people that are struggling right now, they're sick, they've got this disease, Lord, and I pray your healing hand be upon them today, Lord, and that you speak mightily to them in their time of need. And, and Father, for the people that are struggling um, financially, Lord, we pray that your blessing upon them. We pray, Lord, for provision to come in miraculous ways. And as this pandemic unfolds, your people will begin to testify, Lord, of great things that are taking place in their homes, in their lives. Father, we pray today for all of the local churches, pastors like me that aren't tech savvy, that's really hoping this, this goes well and, um, and that people get to, to receive this. Father, I pray that you um, would even teach us more about that. And so, Lord, all over the world, the church is being kind of shaken a little bit and we need to view that as exciting. We need to view that as thrilling that you are taking a moment and you're telling us what really matters. You're telling us um, what really is of value. And so, Father, we pray that we would learn our lessons through this and that we would glorify you and we would, Lord, even have a sense of humor about the whole thing going on, not to belittle it, but to survive it. We love you, Jesus. We thank you for everything that you're doing. We thank you for the retreat church. We pray, Lord, that this message will be an encouragement to all those who view it and, and, and listen to it. We love you. In Jesus' name, name amen. Amen. Thank you, guys.